This is PopX Cast, where science fiction meets pop culture. We're a geek podcast for geek culture, so are you ready to get your geek on? Sit back, relax, step out of your TARDIS and warm up your chimichangas because this is PopX Cast. You are listening to PopX Cast, where science fiction meets pop culture. Captain's Log Supplemental. PopX Cast. Hasta la vista, baby. I'm Austin Burke, your Appalachian geek at heart, and we would like to welcome everyone joining us live in the popx.live chat room. Come hang out with us and join the conversation at popxcast.com. If this is your first time tuning into PopX, the first 20 minutes or so, we will run down the headlines since our last show and then dive into the show topic at the halfway point. Mm -hmm. But first, Mm -hmm. the myth. The myth and the gorgeous-looking legend. It's Joseph Burke. How you doing? Pete? What's up, cuz? How's it going in your neck of the woods, man? What's What's new in Lexington, Kentucky, right now? Uh, buddy, just a lot of a lot of traffic. I don't know what it is right now. And traffic. I, I guess it's Valentine's Day because we but were out today. All the hillbillies getting all their candied hearts. Is that what? Man, what, well, is, see, well, see, but Lexington, though. I mean, you got a very like. I'm trying to unpack trying, that one. <laughs> they're trying their best to be a, a um up uppity civilized but they oh. cannot drive let me tell you well we know everybody is, out of uh, floyd county is probably going to go to mcdonald's for <laughs> <laughs> okay. no man it is uh <laughs> it is chaos out there it's the last second uh. valentine's day gifts i guess because there were three wrecks today on the road to our house on man and war boulevard it was ridiculous that's crazy yeah. dude yeah, well it it's awful. been a, it's been almost a month since i've seen your beautiful face so i mean I dude I, I mean we have a lot to talk about this 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 evening and so i want to say a huge shout out right now over to the chat room we got sean hockney now we know he he is a staple sean. listener to yes. pop x and every time we yes. post it he's always one of the first ones to uh, click on that notification and get the reminder but i want to say hello to mr luke and we also have uh, Jay Callie hanging out with us here tonight and uh, a host of others uh, streaming throughout all the entire multiverses, if you will, here in PopX <laughs> land. But uh, I'm so excited about tonight and just, just being able to sit down and just chat about a movie. And that's something that you and I, we have this crazy chemistry that's just, you can't even explain it. But you and I, I guess we just feed off each other and that's just how we work. But anywho, I'm your host, Joseph Burke, Central Florida's seasoned comic book nerd and retro enthusiast. Now, we're part of an amazing network uh, of the creative collective, if you will, from a vast expanse known only as the creative multiverse. Now, this is a network of creatives and it's lightly sprinkled with a talent that surpasses even our own imaginations and that we can even fathom. Begin to fathom. For more information on the Creative Multiverse, visit Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at the Creative Multiverse. Now we're eager to see what kind of creative talents that lie and await within you. Now, if you missed episode 106, where we were talking uh, about the 2020 uh, predictions, uh, you can catch catch that out right now. That is on our PopEx archive, and uh, uh, you know it, it was a really great show because I think a lot of our predictions is 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 going to be some really big heavy hitters coming up in 2020. Check out our official website. 
website, popxcast.com, for this and other past shows from Popex's collective archive. And be sure to head on over to Google Play and iTunes after the show. Click on that subscribe button and be sure to catch up on some amazing shows from our creative collective. And while you're there, we'd certainly appreciate you showing us some love by leaving a five-star rating and review. And that is uh, how we do that as a... (laughs) Count hooked on phonics works for me. <laughs> Crazy thing. <laughs> oh man, we got Cody O'Toole in the house. What's going on, man? So good to see you. Thanks for coming in here. And guys, if you're watching this right now, please click it, like, share it, send it to a rocket on the moon. I don't care what you do with it, just do something with it. But um, yeah, that was a mouthful, Austin. A lot of stuff, man. But you, that, know, you gotta that, get through it. And, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm grinding, bro. I'm not that grind. I'm grinding, bro. All about grinding, bro. So, um, so before we kick off the news this week, uh, we have we have been challenged. Oh. Um, this is a straight face challenge. So we oh. have to look at each other in the camera, <clears throat> and the first one to smile loses. All right, you yeah. ready for this? All right, so let me let me let me get some let me get some ominous music here, uh, queued up here. Here we go. Here we go. All right, you ready? All right, here we go. Three, <clears throat> two, one. Uh, did you just did you just break? Sounds like you're grunting over there. Sounds like you went to the buffet bar at Golden Corral. Dang on you. What in the world was the grunts, dude? I can't even with you right now. <laughs> I was trying to get you with my grunts. <laughs> Why? Why did it have to be you, you making... Oh. I knew you'd like my grunts. I can't with you, man. You're 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 disgusting, oh. and I love every second oh. of it. Anyway. Oh, my oh, God. My that face is red. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll be right back. we got news headlines coming up. Don't go anywhere, all right? Extra, extra. Read all about it. This is <laughs> Pop X News. Coming to you live, right here oh, shoot. on popxcast.com. All right, so Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of Harley Quinn is changing its name to Birds of Prey. Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey. Uh, yeah. uh, so th- this was one that really made me like kind of raise an eyebrow. I'm like, what? So yeah. all theater chain sites, after a struggle to fly at the box office in its opening weekend, the R-rated DC Comics movie, which had a lesser budget than most other major comic book films in the DC or Marvel brand, opened to, to only 33, $33.2 million at the domestic box office. Now, other R-rated comic book films in recent years, such as Deadpool... Joker opened with more than 130 million and a 90 million, respectively. Now, Birds was not expected to reach such heights, but it was projected to earn closer to 50 million in its debut weekend. Now, uh, all right, Austin, mm-hmm. unpack this for me. Why would why would Warner Brothers, this late up in the game, um, want to switch the title? I mean, have you ever seen anything like that before? I've never, the closest thing I've ever seen was recently when Cats went back and redid their CGI and inserted it into the the film uh, two weeks into release because so many people were complaining about it. Mm -hmm. Apparently it didn't even make that much of a difference, but this is a title change. Like It's weird, right? 
Here's my question, though. Why, why did DC decide on Birds of Prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn? That is the worst. Granted, it suits the character, but yeah. marketing-wise and, <laughs> and getting people to actually type this in on Fandango and Cinemark and Regal, what are you doing? What, what a horrible marketing strategy. And I get the name change, uh, but here's an idea. Do it before the movie releases. <laughs> it's a Harley Quinn film. Well, Call he- it Harley Quinn. And if you want to put Birds of Prey in the subtitle, do it. Oh, look, they did it, but it's two weeks too late. They're trying to compensate for the low box office. It's not a box office disaster, but it's not what they wanted. They wanted $50 They got $33 uh, And it's looking like it may have a reasonably sized drop-off this next weekend. So we'll see if the name change works, but uh, it's a weird decision. It is a very weird decision. And and before I share my thought, I want to say a huge shout-out to Mr. Derek Smith, one of my best friends here um, in in Claremont. Love you, dude. Um, You're awesome. But um, so it it was very strange for me because, I mean, we've seen even Star Wars has changed its name. But that was decades after. Like, you know, when Star Wars came out, it was just Star Wars. And, you know, when then, then when uh, The Empire Strikes Back came out, it was Star Wars, A New Hope. And so they changed. But that was that, that made sense because there was a continuity. There was a storyline there. But I agree with you, man. This title, The Emancipation of, I was just really, I mean, who are the ad wizards that come up with this one? Yes, exactly. A and, horrible market. And it just goes to show you, nobody at Warner Brothers knows what the heck they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing, though, is they, they've got, I mean, the consensus has been that this is a pretty good movie, and you're going to ruin, you You managed to botch this yeah. with the title. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. The movie's not they're, bad. They're the movie is not it's, bad. Exactly. The movie's great, That's which is why we're doing an episode on a movie about Harley Quinn. It's not bad, but what oh, the heck Harley are Quinn. you doing? What are you doing? I don't know. I don't so what do you think about it? What do you guys think about a studio? Now, they're going to have to reprint every poster, recut every every movie, so there's going to be a new digital movie sent to all movie houses with the new title. Do you know how much money overhead that this is going to cost them? It's insane. That's a lot of money to change it up this late in the game. Look at all the merch that's been printed. <laughs> I, I mean, have you thought Posters, about... Posters, I mean... I mean, yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, no. Maybe this is worse than the cats thing because the Dude. cats thing you just had to bring. And this is post, this is mark, this is anything. Ads, everything. Yeah, it sucks. Ooh. Yeah, it sucks. Ooh. All right. Enough of Tar- Harley Quinn. Let's move on. Yeah, let's yeah. let's All move right. on to Tom and Jerry. Tom, Tom and so, Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry. Tom and Jerry. Jerry lives down the street, uh, celebrating mm-hmm. 80 years of cat and mouse. Hijinks, created by <laughs> William Hanna and Joseph Barbera. Uh, the duo debuted the short Puss Gets the Boot. I think I've seen, no, that's a different movie. Uh, in 1940. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> What is wrong? No, man. Puss gets the boot. Oh, I've seen that movie. Wait. That's a different one, man. It's the nether region. All right. (laughs) (laughs) He went on to star 
164 animated shorts produced by Metro Goldwyn Meyer Film Company or MGM. <clears throat> oh my goodness. Winning seven Academy Awards for animated short films. Their popularity led to a series of spinoff shows, including The Tom and Jerry Show in 1975, The Tom and Jerry Comedy Show in 1980, Tom and Jerry Kids in 1990, Tom and Jerry Tales in 2006, and The Tom and Jerry Show, which debuted in 2014 and is still airing. Joe, what do you think about 80 years of Tom and Jerry? Uh, well, I grew up on Tom and Jerry. Um it was just always one of those funny little cartoons. Looney Tunes, Tom and Jerry, so and Hanna-Barbera. I mean, come on. It doesn't get any better than, than the trifecta there. And, um, you know, you can't forget, like, you know, Yogi Bear and all these classics and Scooby-Doo yeah. and all that. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's really f fantastic what they're doing. And, and uh, you know, the fact that the 164 animated shorts, I mean, that's just, that's astounding if you think about it. And, and it is a lot. <laughs> And the fact that Tom and Jerry is still a household name today just, you know, it speaks volumes about just the franchise as two characters, cat and mouse, you know, always have, have been at the forte of any kind of story that you always say. So it's kind of neat to hear the perspective of that. But I think it's really cool and, and how, the, how the Metro Goldman is, is commemorating this 80th anniversary. 80 years, dude. Jeez. That's, well, that's what's so amazing. The show, it's such a simple concept. It's a yeah. cat and a mouth. How can you come up with that many episodes? But they have, and every yeah. episode is so distinct. So it's yeah. impressive, man. And unique. It really is what they My favorite do. Tom and Jerry episode. Do you have one on the top of your head before we move to the next one? Oh, oh I, I think anything with the bulldog. What's the bulldog's oh, name? Oh, Butch. Name? Was it Butch? But, well, it probably was, but dude, anything with his, his character, I think, is absolutely because he didn't he have a little son too that would always yes. run around with him. And yes. He, he, oh my god. Yeah. Dude, those episodes. Were my well, favorite. my favorite one is when the uncle to Jerry came and visited. Oh, Froggy went according and he did riding Crimbone. Froggy went according and he did riding Crimbone. And he would break a string and he would pull one out of out of Tom's. <laughs> oh my gosh, man! Oh, that's a classic. It is very classic, and it's pretty awesome. So anyway, uh, Jessica Payne just said that uh, she just came back from watching Birds of Prey as well. So Jessica, hey, drop us a note here in a minute. Let us know what you think about it. All right, moving on with the headlines. Marvel Comics on Monday announced that The Marvels, a new ongoing series from Kirk Busiek and um, Yaldri Sinar, described the biggest, wildest, most sprawling series ever to hit the Marvel Universe. Now, the expensive series takes readers across the Marvel Universe and beyond with appearances from Spider-Man, Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, the Fantastic Four's Human Torch, and Reed Richards, Storm of the X-Men, the Punisher, and more, as well uh, as introduce two new characters to the Marvel Universe. In an interview with Marvel.com, uh, uh teases the upcoming epic that can go anywhere, do anything, and use anyone from the Marvel Universe. And so this is going to be a brand new film story series that's just going to literally, I know they're getting ready to, to, to bring one out in April. It's going to be called Empire. And it's going to, for the first time, the Avengers and X-Men are going to be teaming up. It's a 12-part series, so you can actually go to your local comic book store right now and hit the sub button and subscribe it, and you'll get each issue in your box at your local comic shop. But Empire is going to be one of those game changers. It's going to, it's going to kind of like... You're going to have Avengers and X-Men working side by side to fight a big bad that mm. they've never fought before. So it's going to be kind of cool. 
to hear that. Well, Marvel, they're they're constantly taking risks in the movie world, and I feel like they're doing yeah. that more and more with their comic books. And yeah. and these stories, at a point, they they got so extensive, but then they started to become stale and, and mm. it felt repetitive. Mm -hmm. But now it feels like they're going outside of the box and it combining does. all of these characters in the way that they did in Endgame. So I, I love that they're taking notes from each other, man. And this just look at the characters. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it's, awesome. it's going to be a great series. And so uh, definitely check this one out when it when it launches and uh, Empire as well. But the Marvels, uh, definitely here. Look forward to that one coming up later this year at your local book stand. All right, so let's move on to uh, a hey. very big topic yeah. I'm so excited to talk about. So mm -hmm. this is the 92nd annual Academy Awards kicked off on Sunday night, and they gave movie fans quite a lot to take in. In addition to finding out which films were awarded or snubbed, the telecast itself had some pretty memorable moments. One unexpected sequence came during the nominees for Best Adapted Screenplay, giving two prolific DC characters mainstream praise in a major way. Hmm. Joker was among the nominees in the category, and the gritty DC movie was credited as being, I love this, based on the characters by Bob Kane, Bill Finger, and Jerry Robinson. At the Oscars, yes, yeah. uh, for DC Comics fans, uh, especially those familiar with the history of Batman and the characters in his orbit. This moment was incredibly bittersweet, Batman's creation has been shrouded in controversy as Kane was credited as the sole creator of Batman for decades. In recent years, an effort has been made to acknowledge Finger's instrumental role with the character, thanks in part to the documentary Batman and Bill. What a wonderful documentary. Oh, I love that uh, documentary. It's so It's good, sad. So it's sad. Very sad. But oh my mm -hmm. gosh, the justice that he gets finally. Mm. As he... Should. Rightfully so. Should. Rightfully so. Yeah. Uh, uh, Robinson, who served as an artist on, on many Golden Age Batman issues, is also regarded to have a, uh, a pivotal role in Joker's visual design. So seeing those names during the, the Oscar ceremony, something that I noticed and I, I'm sure many other DC fans noticed. It was really cool. And, and Joker is a character that was very much represented at this year's Academy Awards, which was also cool. And, and Joe, I saw this on Twitter the other day. It made me crack up. It mm. said, Batman... Zero, Joker, two, talking about Oscars, Heath Ledger and Joaquin Phoenix, both Oscars. That's, oh my God, man, that is awesome. Well, I think too it says a lot about the gravity of that character in that role specifically. When you, when you get into the role, you're not, no disrespect to Cesar Romero. Cesar Romero was the first ever Joker, but you know when 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 Frank Miller changed the perspective of the Joker in 1986 when he released the Dark Knight uh, comic graphic novel saga, it changed Joker and Batman forever, and that's when we got the Tim Burton 1989 Batman. I think that role specifically is such it's a daunting role to take on, and I don't think anybody else in Hollywood other than Joaquin Phoenix or Heath Ledger or Jack Nicholson can accurately portray that role. Just because Jack Nicholson, well, The Shining, uh, Clockwork Orange, can I keep going on? I mean, it's amazing. But then you have Heath Ledger, and then you have, oh my God, Joaquin Phoenix walked the line. He played freaking Johnny Cash. And uh, Her, have you seen Her? Gosh. Her is one of the best movies of that year. It's I incredible. mean, so, yes, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that Oscars are being going to actors who have put every ounce of their fiber they're being into this role. I think that's just fantastic. And you, you and had tweeted her. something this week. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah. You had you tweeted something this week that the the filmmaker finally won. 
Hmm. Did you remember? I said it was something to that effect, right? It was you were talking about. You weren't talking about like the Hollywood that stiffs comic book movies or the genres. You were talking about the film that should have won one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I love. I, 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 I feel that, that way for pretty much. A, I mean, obviously, I was rooting for Avengers Endgame for visual effects, and that didn't get it. And and I, I wish that would have been represented in more categories. But we look at the movies that ended up winning all of the awards this year, and and I I look at most of them and say, well, those those were deserved. I mean, no one expected Parasite to win Best Picture, but it is by consensus the best movie of the year. The problem mm. is the Oscars have always been more of a political thing than the best movies of the year. So even though I thought it was going to be 1917 or Parasite, I'm like, oh, they're probably going to give it to the one that appeals to the most. But no, man. And they went that way with every category. I mean, you're, you're giving awards to Joaquin, and, and Joker won for score as well. And, and yeah. the score in Joker, oh. let me let me tell you, it's amazing. Outstanding. It's amazing. Outstanding. So this isn't it the same? Man, isn't it the same composer that did Chernobyl? Did Joker? Yes, dude. What a year she had. I know. What and she is a year. celloist, and she 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 oh. does things with the cello with the sound effects. If you've never seen Chernobyl on HBO. 100%. Holy cow, guys! It is so freaking eerie, but so cool. You can't stop watching it. Amazing, so good, amazing, so good, dude. And so, so before we move on into the last two segments of headlines, as we're wrapping up headlines, is there anything from the Oscars that that you want to highlight? Is there anything that just that, that happened this past Sunday night that you just want to expand on for a moment? Well, I, you know, I. 1917 was my favorite movie of mm -hmm. last year, so obviously that was the one that I was I was happy to see win. Love uh, but as I told you before we started this, I, I do honestly believe Parasite is the most distinct and different, and uh, and it's a South Korean film, mm -hmm. and that's one of the reasons because a foreign film, an international film, has never won Best Picture before. So to see Bong Joon Ho take home Best Director, Screenplay, uh, Original Screenplay, and uh, and of course the big one at the end uh, that was completely unexpected. But 1917 got its due as well with cinematography and sound and, and editing and and a lot of movies were represented this year mm. ford v ferrari a great film joker two oscars for joker man wow. toy story for us so so it was a great night for movies i i wish we would have seen you know adam sandler uncut gems a movie like that and the obviously avengers endgame it's i believe i, I read on twitter today it's the first major blockbuster one of the highest grossing films of all time to not get nominated for more than one Oscar and not win an Oscar. So that's kind of a bummer, uh, a little bit of a superhero stigma, but uh, it, it was still the highest grossing movie of all time. So yeah. it has that. It has that. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. For now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll see what happens. For now. Man. I don't know. <laughs> um, but um, so anyway, uh, I think, I think that the Oscars, I think it was just fantastic. And, and, and really quick for, for, for anybody that's not seen Parasite, how oh how can people is it on can you purchase it right now is it and you said it was international so, film so so it is i believe it's available uh amazon prime and on demand but i i think they're going to bring it back into theaters for one week i think starting next week or the week after uh and they're probably going to expand wide i'd say four thousand so uh you'll be on the lookout over the next couple of weeks get on fandango is it um is it, is it theatrical experience is there english subtitles Yes, there is. Okay. English subtitles. Uh, there was actually a a leaked version going around online for a while, and that's how a lot of people were watching it. But those subtitles, uh, people were posting pictures on Twitter, didn't make sense. 
So somebody subtitled it wrong. So don't watch it that way. Take it in through an Amazon, through an on-demand, because you got accurate subtitles, and it is in. It is, it's an experience, man. I mean, I, I've never seen a movie like it before. I'll really? That. So, really? Wow. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All righty. Moving on, we have two more, and then we're going to get into this weekend's this week's topic. James Gunn is a busy man. Now, the director may be known for helming Guardians of the Galaxy for Marvel, but he's also making a rare shift to helm the Suicide Squad for DC. Now, Gunn recently revealed that he'd be wrapping up filming for DC Extended Universe movie very soon, but first, they have some scenes to shoot in Panama. Last week, Gunn took to Instagram to answer some fan questions and revealed that the Suicide Squad will be different in tone from Guardians of the Galaxy. That's especially impressive now that we know that he's working on both movies at the same time. He's literally doing both. Yesterday, someone tweeted to Gunn, assuming he wouldn't be working with both companies simultaneously, and Gunn replied to confirm the opposite. I'm doing Marvel and DC at the same time right now, Gunn revealed. Holy cow. That's crazy. Has there ever... The, I don't. Is he the first director to ever be doing a movie from both franchises? I think so. Not, not only at the same time, but period. Yeah. Tim Burton's never done a Marvel. He's always done DC. So I'm trying to think in the back of my mind. Taka Waititi's only done Marvel. Gun. No, he. I, I think he's the first. Now, you fact checkers out there, I want to know is, is James Gunn the first guy to do both films from both competing genres? I'm really curious on that one. There's always been a stigma of Marvel versus DC. Mm. And it's fun. I'm not going to lie to you. It's fun to compare sometimes. Yeah. But in the words of, of the the humble man known as James Gunn, it's not a competition. We feed off of each other. DC feeds off of Marvel. Marvel feeds off of DC because superhero hype is, is what keeps both of these studios alive. And the fact that you can have one director taking on two very different films uh, from two studios that are apparently competing against <laughs> each other, but there's nothing but love there, and yeah. they're working out their schedule to do it, man, that is, that's very impressive. It also speaks volume. One day we could see some of the heavy hitters from Marvel's past, you know, do multiple projects, and you're not married to one company or one franchise. So I would love to see Taika Waititi tackle something like the Joker film uh, or a Batman or a Superman or Green Lantern. Could you imagine him doing a Green Lantern Corps? We heard the 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 Sam Raimi, and it's slightly different, but Sam Raimi did Sony's spider-man trilogy and now he's coming in to do doctor strange 2 that was announced this last week so yeah that's technically two different studios coming in to do uh, a very different not marvel dc obviously yeah. but two different companies another superhero film we're, we're seeing it happen more often now, how do you so, feel about uh, sam raimi coming in i like it i like it i like I, it too i was nervous but i like it the more i think about it and i think mm. it fits yes i i think i think i think it's gonna be great and I think he's learned from a lot of lessons, especially Spider-Man 3, and he's not going to repeat that. So, yeah. All right, dude, you got the last one of the, the, the week, and we're going to go into the show topic. All right, man. So the first season of The Mandalorian came to a triumphant end, and it's safe to say that it made Star Wars fans feel a lot of emotions. Uh, while it's unclear exactly when the series' second season will debut, series creator Jon Favreau recently hinted at a fall of 2020 release date on social media. The announcement of the second season was enough to get fans hyped, uh, but the picture that Favreau used in his announcement made things even more intriguing. Uh, the tweet featured a statue of a Gamorrean 
the pig-like humanoid race that was first introduced in Star Wars Return of the mm-hmm. Jedi. Uh, it remains to be seen if the Mandalorian's Gamorrean will be uh, will be an established character in the Star Wars canon, or will it be a new character created for the series? The show has certainly done a great job of introducing new members of iconic Star Wars uh, species, whether it be the the Quill or the well, okay, Ugnot. Ugnot. Yeah. Ugnot. Uh, mm-hmm. The Devornian bounty hunter Berg, yes, or Berg. everyone's favorite, the child, mm, Baby Yoda, yes, yeah. Or the, uh, you're right, it is the child. The it child, is not Baby Yoda. It's not Baby like Yoda. That. It's the child. You can't. Yeah, Disney hates it when you call it Baby Yoda. They hate it. They squirm every time they hear it. There's an executive 15 miles down here. He he, he screams at me every time I do it. Walt yeah, Disney, stop it. Walt Disney World's 15 miles that way. Just to, it's you are correct. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think this week's, I think that was a great capage of just, I don't know what capage means. I have no idea what that word means, but I think uh, the news this week was on point. I, I love the, the conversation, especially on the Oscars. Super excited about that. But I uh, also want to let you know, on the, on the heels of The Mandalorian, not only are we getting that this fall, we're getting Stranger Things 4 this fall. We're also getting um, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, and uh, WandaVision is 2021, right? Yeah. Division has been moved to 2020. What about Loki? It's 2021. <laughs> Man, we bring it on. We, we got, this is, yeah, Pop X is going to be around for a long time. All right, guys. So get, tell you what. We're going to switch over now and do Birds of Prey, Harley Quinn. Don't go nowhere. We're going to roll a spoiler alert. Now, if you've not seen Har- uh, Birds of Prey, uh, Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey, I can't, I can't get that out of my head. Um, definitely hit the pause button right now because we're going to be discussing things that are very going to be really open spoilers. So I don't want to spoil the movie for you guys. And I know you guys wouldn't want that either. So, all right. So I'm going to roll the spoiler thing. After this, you have been warned. Just so you know. You are about to enter a pop-up-up-up spoiler alert. Beyond this point, there is no return. You have been warned. You have been warned. All right, Austin. So let's talk a little bit about the overall aesthetic of the film. One thing I'll I'll go first on this, then we're going to just go back and forth round table style. But I love how the film opens up as an origin story to Harley Quinn. We, We saw a quick origin story, probably a 30 second version of that in Suicide Squad Part One. You know, her falling into the vat of chemicals and Joker picking her up and she becomes, you know, the, the ends of her hair become colored and all of that stuff. But I really loved how we actually dive into the mentality of who she is, that she was an actual doctor. She was a psychologist. She was a, all of this stuff. And she fell hell over heels for the Joker. And, and then so in that, you get a full-on origin story. The, the opening five or six minutes beautifully paints the opening for for what is about to come in the next hour and a half and i love that they they actually pay homage to her original origins did you catch the 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 batman animated series outfit as it was rolling in the front perfect beautiful right it was beautiful and margot robbie does the voice of harley quinn so perfectly i get i mean what a great cast first and foremost but how this band of misfits comes together, people that you normally would never put in. It was really interesting to see how they did some of the characters, like Black Canary, for example. I was like, holy cow, they're bringing over some Arrowverse people 
from from uh, you know the Flash and Arrow. That's very interesting. But um, opening thoughts on on the first portion of the film, Austin. What do you have to to deliver for that? Yeah, I love the way that we started. I, I think this is well perfect. You have a an R rated film, mm-hmm. so we're leaning into the 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 cursing and basically <laughs> what Harley Quinn does, right? Yes. But that's okay. Like Madison, we we watched it together. She had no clue it was R rated. So after three f bombs, she turns around and goes, "Is this R rated?" And then she snaps a guy's legs, and I'm like, "Oh, oh yeah, yeah, it is." But it was pure Harley Quinn, man. And yeah. that was my biggest fear going into this film is how are they going to approach this team coming together? And and what is the relationship between Harley and the team going to be like? Mm. Are they going to turn her into too much of a hero? Or are they going to keep her villainous roots? And I think they handled her perfectly. Margot Robbie is the ultimate. I mean, I don't, I don't think they should ever attempt to recast from her because just down to the pronunciations of every individual word yeah she kills it put the inclusion she even says put put in. In. Oh my God, when she when she started we mentioned the animated series already but she started spouting out lines from harley i mean yes, I, she I, did. I watched that series up and down and i'm just like this is she's paying the ultimate homage to that show and it's perfect man it's perfect it and and this support, supporting cast with huntress who I thought was outstanding. Huntress was great. And, and yeah. Mary, and you've got Ewan McGregor having the time of his life. Oh playing my Black gosh. Mask. I mean, the absolute best part about this movie, in my opinion, was the cast and the characters. And that was my favorite part about uh, every interaction was seeing these different portrayals and the dialogue and the conversation. So a really clean script and, and a nice overall screenplay. Yeah. I was really it, happy with how they it, started out. It felt like there was a great buildup in the beginning. There was a yeah. great dynamic in the plot twist midways. And then there was a, a, a beautifully done culmination, if you will, in the finality of the film. I thought yeah. that, you know, in Suicide Squad, it was just very all over the place. It was just too oh, much boy. more like you're going through a fact file and trying to read each character's, you know, likes and pros and cons. And it was just like, this is just all over the place. It doesn't make a lot of sense. And then all of a sudden, out of the nowhere comes an enemy that we have no idea about. And it's just like really strange. So I love, though, that the, the, the film has this, I don't want to say Deadpool vibe. And I know that you're going to probably hear that a lot, but it does. It does. And I think this is DC's call to Deadpool because they're using Harley Quinn as the antagonist to what Deadpool is to Marvel. And there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think you can't compare apples and oranges. You can't compare Deadpool to Harley because they're two so uniquely different characters. Mm. But Harley Quinn is that fourth wall breaker. And in this, she had two moments when she stares and looks at the camera. And I'm like, holy cow, she just broke the fourth wall. Did you catch that? <laughs> oh, and, my God, yeah. And I love when a film will do that randomly. And But it was just such a great – there was there was an A, B, and C, and there was no confusion on where you're going or what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? It was it was very – the story – Ewan McGregor, let's talk, stop for him, the black mask. What a role for him to play. Now, Ewan McGregor is kind of more of a – you know, I want to say I don't want to say staunch British actor, but he is he is well equipped to be able to do some very commanding roles. And for him to step into a villain role in a comic book film and just literally just go all out was amazing to watch because I've seen something from him I've never seen before. We're so used to seeing him in uh, what was it, The Island? Was he in in The Island? Or uh, oh yes. yeah, yeah. Uh, so you got that one, and then you've got you know, oh, of course. These are not the droids you're looking for. You know, it's Obi-Wan Kenobi. 
uh, it was just really good to see him in this role. And when he put that mask on, you could tell there's different layers of psychosis involved yeah. in this. You know, one, he wants to cut the face of you off, but the next one, he just wants to just kill you. He doesn't really care how he does it. And uh, so I think Black Mask was a great pull for this film. And Black Mask is actually DC canon. And so he's actually a villain. So what are your thoughts on McGregor, man? Do you think do you think we'll see more of McGregor uh, down the road in, in comic films? Oh, I'd see that that was my biggest uh, bummer. I, and we know apparently the new Batman movie is still an origin story for this current version of Batman. Now I think they'll they'll definitely uh, go away with that. But to see you and McGregor take on Black Mask like this mm -hmm. makes me wish Ben Affleck would have showed up in this movie because both of those going up against each other. Man. Oh, that would have been so epic. Batman dude. versus this Black Mask. Ewan McGregor, are you kidding me, dude? He was so extravagant, and, and a lot yeah. of people have been using the word flamboyant, but he was, and it worked so good for the character, yeah. man. And, and I loved his relationship with Zaz. I didn't know Zaz was going to be in this movie. I would have liked to have seen Zaz go a little bit more psycho killer yeah, Victor like Zaz. he does in the yeah. comics. But, man, oh, man, he he was great. And and that villainous relationship really made up for it. And I, I do have my, my nitpicks with the story in the third act. Mm. You know, it's... It, things start to become repetitive and, and yeah what was the real motivation of the villain side of things not harley quinn but black mask and everything and and the story is really simple if you think about it it's like well we got the jewel and i ate the jewel and i gotta poop out the jewel okay that's fine but what i said before the characters make up for this and ewan other than margo was my favorite part of the movie he yeah. stole every scene he was in. yeah and so it's to bring our, our viewers up to speed, like uh, if, if you've obviously by this point, hopefully you've seen the movie and you're not sitting here being spoiled to death. But uh, this diamond has etched in it the plans to a location of a very wealthy Gotham family. And this location has jewels, riches beyond compare. And so that's the whole point is Black Mask sends out Victor Sass to get the jewels so they can actually mm -hmm. find this location. And so it's very interesting to 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 see. It's a very simple story, but how they yeah. how they weave around that, and and we'll start recruiting all the birds of prey, if you will, uh, was really interesting. Like Huntress and Black Canary, and then the cop. I can't remember the cop's name. I'm, I'm it's failing me right off the top of my bat uh, my head. But it was really interesting to to see how 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 all that came to fruition. I watching the film. I didn't really see much of the poster going in. I, I've not really had a chance to look at it, but I didn't really expect the cop to be part of the Birds of Prey. Yeah, yeah. That kind of threw me off for a minute. I'm like, holy cow, she's actually joining a band of misfits to fight this mm -hmm. guy. That was really cool. And I love the I love how they stuck to Harley Quinn's character because we get to the end, and not to skip that far ahead, but she doesn't join the birds of prey and that's why i was i was questioning yeah. the title until they changed it a few days ago because it's she's not in the birds of prey and there's rumors circulating that if we get a sequel to this movie she will actually be who the birds of prey go up against birds of prey versus a harley quinn so that tells me that she was never meant to be a part of this team she was a temporary member but now and this is what i loved about her character arc is she actually has a sidekick she has uh, this little girl going around with her, yeah, a kind of a pocket. new dynamic duo. And, and we've actually not even mentioned the fact that she has separated herself from the Joker because the Joker broke up with her. Mm -hmm. So we see her going through all of these different emotions. And some people I, I, I've seen 
I've seen a lot of complaints online. A couple people's like, I'm not going to go watch it because females. Okay. I'm just like, whatever. Okay. All right. And and, and a lot of people, oh, I hate the movie. <laughs> Have you seen it? No, I, haven't, I haven't seen it. So that could be why the box office is a bit lower because a lot of people just have that stigma. Well, that's why and I'll be honest with you. Yeah, go ahead. I was looking forward to this, but I didn't know it would be this good. I didn't think mm. it would be this good. Wait, really I, I kind of sounded like the dude from Dark Crystal just said, <laughs> but <laughs> I understand what you're saying though. I didn't really expect it. Here's the thing. Movies like this, I don't want to spoil too much. I want to go in with a blank perspective yes. expectation. Yeah. Now, this is not Endgame or this is not Infinity War or, you know, Winter Soldier or whatever. This is Harley Quinn and Birds of Prey. And so movies like this, I want to call them subgenre comic films. Joker was another one. Joker was another one. I went into the theater with an open mind, not really... You know, having any preconceived notions, not listening to Flickster and Rotten Tomatoes, because that can jack you up. I just kind of went in with my own, and I was like, holy cow, that is a freaking beautiful film. Now, does Joker compare to Birds of Prey? No. But Birds of Prey, if you're comparing Birds of Prey and Suicide Squad, so Suicide Squad's oh. probably at about a 5%, where Birds of Prey's at about, about a 75%. So whatever crap you're hearing online that this is not a good film... Um, it's kind of false because unless you go see the movie for yourself and make your own conclusions and you're not going to be sitting there, you're going to be listening to everybody else and doing what everybody else is doing instead, instead of you actually getting up off your butt and actually watching it and then making your own conclusion about it. Preach, Joe. But I'm just saying, though, yeah. it does bother me when people try to trash a movie, especially a movie like this, that is kind of breaking the genres and the barriers. We've never had an all-female action team film. I never... Five years ago, I would have never dreamed that Harley Quinn would feature in her own movie. <laughs> Dude, After we just go we just got a Harley Quinn film. Crazy, man. And oh there was God. explosions and decapitations, and it was just crazy cool. Not to yeah. mention the hyena. That's her pet. Yeah. Can we talk and about I, the hyena for a minute? That was awesome. Uh, I loved another. Right out of the comics. Yeah. Perfect. You know the Joker. And I, the Joker and Harley, they both have a whole band of hyenas. That's their pets. Oh, and, the, and yeah. speak on the Joker. It we've kind of realized now that there's no way they're bringing back Jared Leto. If if Jared Leto was coming back at all, he would have featured in this film <laughs> because that's been the rumor for quite some time. <laughs> it, it is seriously that that's laugh. been the rumor. Is they everybody's been saying Jared Leto's going? They showed the back of his head. They showed pictures. They showed drawings. You never saw his face. And what did we even see in the pictures that she drew of him? No tattoos, nothing. So they are straying as far away from him as they possibly can, and they're going to bring in a new actor? I think I think a good route for them to go, and this is just Joe. All right, you don't have to take my word for it. Dun-dun-dun. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it would be really cool if they explained. Now, we saw this in Ben Affleck's Batman film where there was a Robin suit that had the ha-has all over it. There is a story arc where Robin becomes psychologically ill and becomes a Joker. Not the Joker, a Joker. I think it would be a good way to like, well, the that Joker was Robin who went mad. He went crazy. Insert Nightwing. That's good. So That's that good. will be the only way to really explain that and just 
get away with that Joker once and for all. And to speak on Joker too, it I I also kind kind of find it funny. You mentioned Rotten Tomatoes is Birds of Prey has a very high score. It has in the nineties on Rotten Tomatoes mm-hmm. right now, whereas mm-hmm. Joker, eleven time nominee Joker. Obviously, critics aren't voting for the Oscars. This is people within Hollywood, and they know what good movies are more so than, I guess, some of these critics. I find it funny that that only got a 69 on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. And here's why. I I read a lot of these reviews, and here's why. Well, because Joker, overly violent, sign of the times. We're supposed to be rooting for this, this maniacal killer that goes around killing people and laughs about it. Hey, wake up. What was Birds of Prey? What was this movie that y'all just gave a 91 on Rotten Tomatoes? Freak. You bunch of hypocrites. <laughs> oh my God, hypocrites. Yeah. Ooh. I know. Ooh. It, it, it is It is pretty bad. And, 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 you know, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do a specific Birds of Prey episode tonight is there's a lot of stigma, man. It's just like so stupid how people will latch on and they'll read one, one uh, reviewer's review on it yeah. with a splat and be like oh that's it you know it's got so and it doesn't have joker in it i'm not going to go watch it really mm-hmm. really yeah. that's all you're going to do dude the movie has a, like a 93 percent rating right now go watch it yeah. and enjoy it but there's so many aspects of this film uh my buddy steve medeiros is in the in, in the room here he said only harley could have been uh have a hyena fall for her and not growl at her when she gets up close to personal with it in front of the cage. That's true. That's true, Harley. That's true. I mean, one animal to another. And it's just really cool, though, because um, this movie is one of those movies that you have to see to where you can draw your own conclusions because you're going to... I said it a while ago. You're going to end up making your own... You Go see the movie. All right? That's what I'm trying to say. Go see the movie. Draw your own conclusions. But um, all right, so let's get back. We got Black Mask, Ewan McGregor. We got uh, Victor Zaz. Uh, now you may know him from Gotham. Oh, yeah. remember that? Big, yeah, big part, yeah. big role in that, and also too from the Arkham series, the Batman video game by Rocksteady. Huge. He definitely has a huge role in those games as well. Um, but it was really cool to see him. Um, so let's talk about the finality of it. There's this crazy pier. And the fog is rolling in, and you got the city of Gotham in the background. And it was just really interesting to see, like, these giant, like, Tim Burton-esque style statues on this, yeah. lining this pier. And they're kind of hiding from from the, the birds of prey. And, and, and so Black Mask at this point has the kid that swallowed the diamond, and he's trying to get the diamond. He doesn't really care what he's got to do to get it. If he's got to cut her open, then so be it. And these birds of prey is like, no, that's not going to happen. She's one of us. We got to go save her. And that's pretty much the finality of the film. And uh, what did you think about Black Mask's demise off the pier? Oh, oh, what, what a <laughs> explosive. <laughs> we talk R rated. And just, I mean, the pier in general, th- this movie did a great job of showing the inner workings of Gotham, the yeah. parts that maybe we don't see uh, in all, all of the Batman films. And then we. We get this atmosphere and everything's intense and crazy, and he blows up into five different chunks. Oh and my just like, gosh! Oh, the most oh, and the way that it had been going. I mean, you can tell too. So they brought in uh, Chad Stahowski from John Wick. Yeah, and you can tell that's what they what they did. The action they based it off of John Wick because the action. Let me tell you, 
any moment the story started to lose me in this movie because there were a couple times where I'm just like, all right, let's pick it up, let's move on, and mm. this action would happen, and I was so impressed with the camera work, the stunts, the yeah. choreography, and apparently Margot Robbie did ninety percent of her I, stunts. I read an article about that and I was blown away. I was like, wait, what? Unreal flips. I mean, she's pretty. Are you kidding me? She's pretty legit, dude. I mean, she is. That's insane. She could have won an Oscar last night or two nights ago too. But that's yeah. how good of an actor. She's like she Tom is, Holland because so. Tom Holland does all of his own stunts. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. So, wow. and it was perfect. So, it, it, we expected something like that to happen with Black Mask at the end. But the fact that he blew up into that many pieces—it's the perfect <laughs> way. I hated that he died because it, you know, I yeah. wanted to see him again. I actually was getting ready to say that. Up. I was like, I really wish I would have kept him around for part two. Two. Me yeah, too. yeah, but, but it makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I you got to think of you and McGregor too. Would he really want to sign on and do another role? Because he's a very busy man, especially with Kenobi yeah. coming up. So, mm -hmm. um, absolutely. But I think all in all, the film from start to finish was was a wild ride. There was moments when I was in the audience. We were there at preview night, and uh, there's a scene where Harley Quinn breaks the legs of the driver of the black mask in the bar. Dude, it was like I, the whole audience went, oh. <laughs> And yes. you see his legs bend. Oh, God. It's so nasty. And I think part of that, too, is is we look at its uh, B-plus cinema score. So cinema score is when audiences come out of a theater, they, they take a survey and mm. they say, what did they like it? Did they not like it? Cinema score is based on expectations going in and, and what you think you're going to get out of a movie. And that's why I don't tend to trust as much as some of, right. of these other things. But the people that didn't know... The adults that walked into this not knowing it was R-rated and then that scene happens and they're not ready for that and maybe they don't like that kind of thing, <laughs> I understand Yeah, because it was graphic. But I know you were doing this and I know I was doing this. We were both sitting in the theater going, let's go, yeah, break let's his do it. Let's do it. Awesome, man. And I, oh, it was so awesome. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and he was like, he was debating on going to see it because, you know, he, he likes a good comic book film and he, he, he can get by the R-rated stuff if it's not a lot yeah. of sexual stuff. Okay. Um, so yeah. he, and it, we were just talking back and forth and I was like, well, there's not hardly any of that, uh, mm -hmm. the, the sexual content. That's not why it's rated R it's rated R for pure guts, gore and, and, and language of course. And so he's like, really? So there's a lot mm -hmm. of blood. There's no like n nudity. I'm like, no, it's just a lot of blood. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. disgusting, you know? Um, but, uh, so if you're, if you're curious about that and, and that's one of your, your, your stumbling blocks. I'm just letting you know that there's not there's not any of that in there, uh, unless you have a problem seeing Margot Robbie in a very tight short outfit. But I have no issues with that. I have no issues. Oh, oh <laughs> wait, whoa! Strike that, reverse it. No, what are you trying to do to me here, son? But so, closing thoughts. Anything you want to add um, as we're wrapping up? Uh, Birds of prey. You know, I I I didn't love it. I didn't love it. I, I wanted to Agreed. love it, especially seeing that 90 on Rotten Tomatoes and, and how many critics are giving it. You know, I'm talking nines and tens out of tens. I'm like, all right. But I couldn't quite get there because there were moments in the story that it did feel kind of repetitive. I talked about the action. They did kind of redo a couple of stunts. I'm just like, oh, guess what? She's going to flip in superhero pose. And I, I kept thinking, and I know it's kind of a Deadpool movie, but I kept thinking of Deadpool when he goes, Superhero landing. Superhero. There's a lot of superhero landings in this movie. Yeah. But all in all, I had so much fun. Yeah. I had so I had such a great time with these characters, the interactions. And 
in that fun house at the <sighs> end when Huntress and the camera is moving through these characters. That was characters. awesome, dude. Oh, dude. So awesome. So awesome. So a great time overall and a really fun movie. Yeah. And so um, I'm curious to hear what your score would be, too, as we, Austin and I are getting ready to score the film. Um, my, the, the thing that was echoing back to me, my first reaction when I was walking out of the theater was a 68%. Okay. So having felt, having actually processed all of that I've seen the following day, I'm going to land at a 72% on this film. Oh, you're yeah. very close to what my score was. What was and, yours? Uh, I haven't adjusted it. I'm still at 73. I'm you're at, at 73. 73. Now, why did yes. Madison give it? 70. And we didn't Wait, that is right. It. In your video, you both gave 73. I remember that. We didn't that. discuss it. We didn't talk to each other. And we were on, in my video, she goes to 73%. And I looked at her, I'm like, girl, that's what I, it's <laughs> that link, man. But you gave it a 72. So we're very, very close. Wow. But that, here's what a 70, 72, 73 is. Yeah, that is a good movie. That is a fun time. Didn't do anything exemplary, but it is one that I would recommend to see in a theater as soon as you can yeah. because of the theatrical yeah. experience and seeing Harley Quinn. Don't take your kids before. though. Don't take your kids. This is don't do yeah. Don't. <laughs> there's a reason why it's rated R. Um, and there's a lot of gore in here and decapitations and skin being pulled off of people's faces. I'm sure you don't want your children to see that. Um, but, uh, it was a, it was a great ride and you know what? I would be very open to see more of movies, whether it be from Marvel entertainment or DC entertainment of this genre, these like sub genre films that are exploring the, the B character lists, if you will, I'm open to seeing more of that. If, yes. if they're on this caliber, like suicide squad with James Gunn coming up, I'm pretty stoked to see that. I think it's going to be Did a good you? one. Did you hear the new Marvel rumor today? What's the new Marvel rumor today? Spider-Woman is getting her own movie. Spider. Now, are they doing Spider-Gwen? Sp now, Spider-Gwen will feature heavily into the next Spider-Verse, and there's rumors that she may actually be a part of a team-up between her and Silver Sable in a live-action film. Uh, but this is, I believe this is just the OG Spider-Woman, wow. and they're saying that's going to fill that untitled slot in 2022. I well, think. now that we're talking Spider-Man, woman, Gwen, mm. I'm pretty excited that Sam Raimi is helming this and upcoming yes. film. Why? <laughs> Tobey Maguire, <laughs> duh. Um, so, we may see some pretty awesome mind-bending stuff in it's the months and years. It's a multiverse movie, man. It is a multiverse movie. He's directing, he's directing a multiverse movie with the opportunity to bring in Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Come on, make oh it happen. Oh my gosh. Marvel. Could you imagine if you got Willem Dafoe back as Green Goblin? I would explode. Oh gosh, what a great cast. I hated the costume, but loved the character. Yes. Preach. Yeah. Preach on that. Yeah. Yep. So, all right, dude. Well, it's we're three minutes at the top of the hour here. We have done an entire hour of just us yakking back and forth. And you know what? <laughs> we have had a great, great turnout over on Pop X Live. It is so cool to see all of our friends here hanging out with us tonight. And I could go down Jonathan Medina, Steve Medeiros. We got Sean Hockney, Jessica Payne, Derek Smith, Cody O'Toole. Uh, the list just, Luke McCracken, the list just keeps going on and on awesome. and on. So we want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. And I want to let you guys know that, um, well, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll say here in just a second as we get ready to wrap up. But Birds of Prey, great film. 
listen listen to us go see it if you i mean hopefully well if you're hearing me say that you have saw it and you're not getting yourself spoiled but if you're some people like they just don't care then there you go uh, but anyway uh, moving on here uh austin you ready to to bring this ship home son let's wrap it up man wrap it so, up uh I am Austin Burke, Kat the Burkinator. You guys can search and find me everywhere on the YouTubes, Instagrams, Twitters. We are part of the newly formed creative group known as the Creative Multiverse. So for more great media content, artwork, and more, find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Creative Multiverse. And trust me, there, there's some awesome artwork and talent and talent people on there. And Joe's doing some great live streams. So please go check that out. If you're a creative, uh, if you produce content or have a talent, we want to see it. We would mm. like for you guys to share it with us in the multiverse. You can also connect with us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and Pinterest, all at PopXCast. Send us comments and suggestions via email at popxcast at gmail.com. And for future and past shows, visit our official website, www.popxcast.com. And of course, we want to thank Stephen Haywood and Telestream for Wirecast, the incredible program that allows us to do what we do, and we would not be here without that. Right. And, uh, of course, uh, I want to say a huge hats off to uh, all of our friends that's listening online and watching online on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and beyond. Um, before I uh, do my part wrap-up, uh, I want to give a quick announcement. Uh, there's two things uh, coming up here uh, that we have. Uh, one is I officially have released one of my artworks, uh, if you guys follow me on at Joseph Burke Arts uh, on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, I have been working for the past five months on an artwork that is a retro design. Now, Austin, you won't be able to see this, but I'm going to show everybody a preview of this artwork right now. This is called the Retro Marvel Universe. And uh, if you want to have a copy of this or if you want to get a, own a digital copy of this, head over to josephburkearts.com. And uh, check it out. And Austin, I'll send, I'll send a copy of this to you in your DMs later so you can have a little gander of it, okay? But awesome. uh, it's pretty cool, and it harkens back to one of my favorite Marvel artists. His name is Paul Ryan, who passed away four years ago from cancer. Uh, Ryan uh, did a lot of the Fantastic Four and this um, series called The Marvel Universe, which was an alphabetical order type uh, comic book of a series. It had multiple series. I think it had four runs. Each run had six comics. And so it would go from alphabetical order to A to Z, every character in Marvel, and it would give you like their front stance, their side stance, their their origins, their history, their backstory. And it's pretty cool, and it was something that was done in the 80s, and Paul Ryan did all the artwork for those characters. And that is one of the artists, uh, aside from Tom McFarlane and Jim Lee and Jack Kirby, that inspired me, among a, a handful of others. There's so many, uh, mm. Sal Buscema, I can just keep going on and on. And so next up, as I uh, want to say, join us next time on episode 107, and that's going to be coming up on March the, uh, I believe, March the 1st, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, we'll be doing a live stream with our friends from OM53. Now, who and what is OM53? Well, I'm about to show you right now. OM53 is a retro synthwave band from New Jersey. And you're seeing them on the screen right now. They are pretty rad. It's headed up by the front man there, Chris. Chris is a really cool dude, and they do a very cool genre of music called synthwave. If you don't know what that is, it's 80s infusion music that is making a comeback. So yeah. the music that we were coming on to to the show today was OM53. And so I hope you guys enjoy that. And we'll be talking with the band 
uh, right, it's something we've never done here on Pop X is actually do a band interview, but I'm no stranger to that because when I was a radio disc jockey for 10 years on WMMT, I interviewed artists and band all the time. So what better way, if Pop X is part of the heart of pop culture, why not interview some people that are involved in that culture, right? And I do want to go on the record to say Chris is a former ministry pastor, and all of their lyrics are done with faith inspired. So it is cool. it is heaven wave. So it's 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 retro synth wave with with faith lyrics. So there you go. And so wow. that's going to be. I'm so excited. I, I, I'm just bubbling at the seams to be able to interview these guys. You have no idea. But that's coming up on 107 in just a couple of weeks on March the first. And wow. uh, that's pretty much it uh, here on uh, Pop X Cast. And and man, holy cow, I'm exhausted after all that. I don't know about you. <laughs> Me too. Me yeah, too, I'm, a, I'm a little tired. Show, it was a good show. It was good. And as uh, we're going to land the ship and we're going to bring it home again, thank you to all of our amazing listeners out there. You guys are just freaking awesome as always. And uh, be sure to check us out on 107 as we talk to OM53, and it's going to be pretty rad. So from all of us here at Pop X Cast, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. And you know what? We'll see you next time right here on Pop X Cast. From everyone at PopX Cast, thanks for listening. Please make sure to like our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash popxcast, and click the follow button to get our live stream notifications. Drop us an email, popxcast at gmail.com. Be sure to check out this and more great content on the Ghana Geek Network at ghanageek.com. Get your geek on!